30, 35, 40, he's the midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 68th episode of the podcast on August 28th, 2014. It is back to our weekly episode roots because football season is upon us. How exciting. It's really exciting. And we actually have college football starting out tonight. Mm-hmm. I know you were watching a game or two earlier. Yeah, I was uh, mainly watching the one that started at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network oh, with boy. Brent Musburger and Jesse Palmer. How interesting. <laughs> yes. Not, not Kirk Herbstreet doing nope, that one. Nope, nope, nope. But Brent Musburger's got to get around and do all the different games and whenever... Oh, A.J. McCarron's no longer at Alabama, but he can't look at Catherine Webb anymore. And actually, the the commercials on that channel are pretty funny. Because, it, I mean, it's all about the SEC. Actually, then I saw another commercial that was uh, about like a bunch of different people trying to predict the college football playoffs or something like that. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen the one for college football playoffs where it's like, you know, they're in, and this guy, they're in. Are you it's, in? It's like, you know, random people. It's... uh. It was, I think Jerry Jones is in there or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyway, as you were saying, it is the start of college football season. Uh, right now, Texas A&M Aggies are putting a bit of a whooping on the South Carolina Gamecocks, 38-14 in the third quarter. Uh, that's, that's a bit of a beatdown. Yeah, Kenny Hill, the, the new freshman playing quarterback, can replace the Johnny football Yeah, over with the Aggies. Anyway, today on the show, we uh, go and talk a little bit about our quick hits. We give our college football predictions, and then we start the pick six. Yes. And uh, those are where we pick games for the upcoming week of college football and the NFL once we get more into that season uh, next week. And we pick them against the odds. Mm-hmm. So it shall be interesting indeed. Let's start with the quick hits, though. Usually we go into the red zone. I think we're changing up a little bit this year, uh, you know, because of the the predictions, we kind of get into it a little bit, and mm-hmm. it, it makes for a longer episode if we yeah. do the red zone on top of that. So we'll put the stories here in the quick hits that have happened in the past couple weeks around the world of sports, and we start with the NFL today. Uh, Roger Goodell kind of came across some flack for his judgment on Ray Rice, who allegedly had a you know, domestic violence incident with his fiance, now wife. Go figure how that one worked. And uh, Ray Rice was suspended two games, and you know we talked about it on a previous episode. Doesn't really seem to fit, you know, the kind of crime, especially when you have a league full of those who you know do a, a bunch of different things. Yeah, uh, that and are illegal. especially you know when it happens and it's like a prior incident kind of thing. Like right. that's that's when you get into well, how are we supposed to judge you know this kind of problem? Yeah, and you had Josh Gordon of the Cleveland Browns, the wide receiver. Yeah, granted, it's like a third or fourth offense, but he's suspended now a year for mm-hmm. marijuana. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Roger Goodell kind of looks in hindsight and today changes the policy. First offense for a domestic violence incident, six games. Second offense, lifetime ban. 
yeah, uh, much more fitting and, um, you know, I'd say encouraging to do the right thing and not beat up on people. Um, it is though. I do. I do wonder how it's going to be implemented. I, of course, never, never, ever, ever hit a woman. Like that's just uh-huh. the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Um, but you I, know, I mean, like, look at it this way: like six games, two games might not necessarily affect the season. Six games, you're out. Six games, you. I mean, if you're not like a star player, you lose your starting spot. Is one yeah. <laughs> kind of one thing. Um, it's going to put you on thin ice if you have if to get, get your contract re- reworked in the next year, and it's really going to impact the team if it's like a you know really important player. So, I, I, if if anything, I almost think that uh, you know, uh, if especially if it does happen to someone, people will be more likely to get these people help because they need to seek some kind of mental help if they're yeah. if they're if they're doing something like that anyways. My my thought on it is I I just wonder how it's going to be implemented if there's a sort of due process that goes on before mm-hmm. that punishment. If it is just a – I mean, Ray Rice is a different situation. He's on video. That looks really bad. But I, I wonder at what stage in the the procedure does this get applied. Uh, I, I almost wonder if something like an eight game for the first offense – one season for a second offense, and then a lifetime ban for a third offense. Because if you're doing that by a third time, you definitely deserve to be out of the sport. I know it's a privilege yeah. to be in the National Football League. I know it's it's a privilege to play football and be there in the public eye and represent a multi-billion dollar industry. But I got to wonder, like, is it going to be really stringent? And if we're going to see some sort of, you know, hair trigger reaction now, because Goodell must have seen the reaction in the public eye of... Two games, really? So it's it's gonna make me think, you know. And this this is on top of like you know criminal charges too. This is because yeah. obviously if if it gets to that point, then they're already in a lot of trouble anyways. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the St. Louis Rams <clears throat> lost their quarterback. This is like a reoccurring thing with the St. Louis Rams for a long time. Uh huh. Um. I mean, it it even goes back to that's. That's how they discovered a few of their quarterbacks because their all-league, all-pro quarterbacks went down with injuries. That's a good point. Um, you know, going back to the um, Kurt Warner, Mark Bolger. Absolutely. Kind of thing. Um, but then even then, once Mark Bolger, you know, became a starting quarterback, he ended up with like three concussions or something like that. So, you know, the, the Troy Aikman treatment. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's just, you know... What do you think of this season already when your quarterback is going down in the preseason? You know, not only that, but he's a quarterback you know prone to injury. It's the same ACL that uh, you know he had trouble with last year. Mm-hmm. He is one of I think he's the last player to receive the big, big, big contract money before you know the CBA passed through and all that. Mm-hmm. And he's he's made so much money. And uh trying to think, 2009, I think he was drafted, mm-hmm. or 2010, one of the two. He's only played in like 31 games or something like that. I read the statistics somewhere. Something just shocking and shockingly low for how much money he's been paid because of the you know old contract structure. And then, you know, just how, 
it's oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. Uh, you got to feel bad for the Rams, though they did make a smart move. Uh, they have Sean Hill as their backup quarterback, who was in Detroit. Yeah. Before, and he is one of the more serviceable backups in the league. I think they'll do okay. Um, obviously, you wanted your starting quarterback there with a team looking forward to, you know, make forward steps in their division. Though talking about a tough division to be in with <laughs> San Francisco and Seattle in the NFC West, but they have a strong line. They've been developing that offensive line, that defensive line, very strong too. With uh, with Chris Long and Robert Quinn coming mm-hmm. off the edges, so. That was a team looking forward to make a step, and I'm not sure that's going to happen now with Sam Bradford. Yeah, they've been doing much better in the draft, uh, mm. making really smart picks, and uh, had a lot of young talent, too. I think that team will be better, but I don't know if they you know catch the two main front runners in that division, though. Uh, it's, it's a shame about Sam Bradford, though. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, even at that point, you, we, we kind of think that both those teams are going to be good for a couple years mm. now. Uh you never know what the Cardinals... I mean, the Cardinals start off the year looking fantastic and then just look terrible, so... Yeah. I, <laughs> it's what happened with <laughs> Detroit, too, so I know that. Uh, the NHL is rumored to be talking about expansion, mm-hmm. which is strange because it's a league where I think contraction would benefit them more. I don't think, you know, going into more markets and just getting teams there, I know you're trying to expand the game and make it grow in popularity, but there's a talent pool, and the rumored addition of they want to add four teams by 2017, I think you you start to spread the talent pool a little thin. Yeah. I think you need more talent on fewer teams rather than less talent on more teams. But Gary Batten, say what you will about his, you know, his leadership in that league. And and he's now going to be the the oldest tenured commissioner out of the four major sports, mm-hmm. which is wild because you have uh, Rob Manfred, which is also another show I forgot to put on here, going to be replacing Bud Selig as Major League Baseball commissioner uh, this coming January. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a big change as well. Um, but apparently the four markets are looking to do Seattle, Las Vegas, Another Toronto team, and Quebec City. Hmm. I, I don't know about this. And there's there are reports also coming out that saying you know it's not imminent. We're still trying to well, work on things. It's not a done deal. But you had people from the sporting news reporting it as seemingly to be done. Oh yeah, especially La, I mean Las Vegas. They they said that it's locked in and it makes no sense. Yeah. Why put an NHL team in Las Vegas? It makes no sense. I, I don't know. I, Seattle, I, I, I would I say get. that it has something to do with money. <laughs> I mean, Seattle's a fan base that's going to de- definitely, you know, dedicated to their sports. I mean, they had the Supersonics ripped away from them. Uh-huh. The, uh, oh, the MLS franchise, mm-hmm. they've been, you know, following. There's a very, very dedicated fan base there in Seattle. That's going to bug me. The Sounders, the Seattle Sounders. Okay. Like how I say, you know, <laughs> that's going to bug me, bam, think of it right away. <laughs> yeah, the Seattle Sounders in the MLS, like that, they're going to have a, a big fan base there. Well, well, I was thinking, like, I, I I, would much rather hear them talk about expansion than not having hockey. <laughs> yeah, if you compare I, those two, okay, sure, yes. And, and the other thing is, like, you got to think they did recently reorganize how mm-hmm. the conferences and worked and the divisions worked. So um, 
they'd have to kind of add teams in again. Like you almost have to move some of the teams out of the West again. And yeah, like, almost. I mean, the way they'd split it here with Seattle and Las Vegas being in the West, and then uh, Toronto B. I don't know what you want to call it. You ever put them in like London or Windsor, yeah. some other on you know close to Toronto team out here. That's that's so strange. And then yeah, Quebec City. Those would be in the East. I I, I don't know. I don't know how about that. But doesn't wait. I'm trying to think. Does the there's not an equal number of teams right now, is there? Oh, good question. I think it's really close. Yeah, I thought I, there I think were, like, if, if, if anything, like, the East has one more. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. West. And it was because, like, the the way that they reorganized it again. But I think maybe it used to be because the West had one more or something. Mm, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it needs to contract instead of expand, so that's not surprising. Then also the U.S. Open uh, mm-hmm. is continuing uh, the tennis tournament. Not that far, so we can't really make any... Big predictions. The big one is uh, Rafa Nadal out with in- injury to his wrist, and uh, he's the at least defending champion, maybe two-time defending champion. Now Serena Williams, I think, is a two-time defending champion. Uh, so that's gonna that's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Though, did you see the highlight? Uh, Roger Federer's playing this one Aussie player, mm-hmm. and the Aussie player comes to the net and he thinks he's hit a shot where it's a winner, or he hits a lob over Federer's head. So he thinks uh, it's a winner. Federer's going back to chase it. The Aussie player turns around and he's walking back to the baseline. Federer hits one of his, you know, between the legs shots. Hits the dude right in the ass. <laughs> and, like, he just looks back and he's like, oh, man. And Michael Jordan's there in the audience and he's laughing. They get the camera on him. Oh, it was, it was great. This guy thinks he had a point one on Federer and Federer's just like, between the legs, reverse. Hits him in the ass when he's walking away. <laughs> oh man, amazing! You, you, you can't you can't pull Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan's in the audience. He's too good. <laughs> By the way, we didn't mention at the top of the show because <laughs> I didn't have it in the outline. Gosh, we're we're so professional. We're taking a little break. You know, now we're gearing up for these these weekly episodes again. We've been referring to the episode number, and it's, it's episode sixty eight of the podcast. Uh, most famous athlete to ever wear the number 68, Yarmir Yager. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the NHL, it all sort of kind of ties together. Yeah. But let's get into our college football predictions. And this is this is big. You're looking at the top 25 here. Although, I say it's big. And at the same time, it feels <laughs> strange this season. I, I almost don't feel as invested this year. There aren't as many big-name players. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you have Jameis Winston coming back with the Heisman Trophy. You have Marcus Mariota. We don't get all the Oregon. Johnny football like craziness. It's true. <laughs> it's just it felt like a lot of established names graduated, and you know what do you have left with? You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we just need to get Jameis Winston to be hungry or something but then again hungry he stole crab legs i was gonna say then again they did change the rules for college athletes and the amount of food that they can have now they get like unlimited food so true he doesn't need i mean they might not have crab legs in the dorm or whatever but they got other stuff he'll just get some all them some sort of high class taste money hey i'm sure they have a subway that he can pay with his student credit stuff so can i get crab legs on that yeah you know that subway crab club mm. they got coming 
Uh, Please don't at do the that AP. No. <laughs> <laughs> at the AP top twenty-five, you have Washington, Missouri, or Missouri, Missouri, <laughs> North Carolina, Nebraska, Texas A&M, running out that first five. Uh, Texas A&M, as we said, looking very impressive as the the season kicks off tonight mm-hmm. with Kenny Hill, their freshman quarterback. Um, you know, Johnny Manziel moving on. Of course, a lot of Texas A&M players moving on, but uh, it looks like Kevin Sumlin has that team ready to play. Yeah, um, I, it's it's almost kind of like I, I mean they did have some talent at wide receiver that was still coming back, um, and it, it it also looks like they um, uh, I'm pretty sure that they like one of the first passes that I saw them throw tonight was the tight end and they got a big guy there that mm. uh, doesn't really look as much like a blocker but um, I don't know it's a little di- that's that that's a different offense right there already because they. They barely used the tight end at all in the past. So absolutely, and Nebraska. I think it's the last year with Taylor Martinez, the oh. mobile quarterback. Yeah, it feels like he's been there a long time. I'm pretty sure he's the senior there, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, and I, hopefully, because it seems like his problem has always been turnovers. Yeah, he just cannot hold on to the ball. I don't know if that's because he's loose with it, because he because he you know he runs a little bit too. They do some option stuff, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see now that he's, you know, he's been there so long, if, you know, he yeah. could Gotta pull out like together. a, I don't know, even like put together like an MVP type season in his conference kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Cause he's what you'd say he's the most experienced quarterback there, right? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, yeah. Probably one of the most experienced quarterbacks there. Um, at number 20, Kansas state. Then Arizona State, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, and then Clemson at 16. Uh, Notre Dame hit with those suspensions that they've kind of self-imposed with academic issues. So you know, there was like their top wide receiver, one of their best defensive backs. Uh, you know, hitting some star players that's going to hurt. Yeah, they're out for an undetermined period of time. I don't, actually, I really have no idea about Kansas State what they're going to be like this year. I'd, yeah, so they, it feels that way with a lot of these teams. And then Clemson, how do you you know deal with the loss of Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins going to the draft? That's going to be it's going to be an adjustment period. But yeah, you got to think that Sweeney. You got to think that because you know you look at the recruiting classes the past couple of years they've been in the top five like I don't yeah. know like the past four years or something. So you got to think that there's still plenty of talent there somewhere. But I, I think the thing with them is if they can, uh, you know stop people from scoring i think that they can find a way to score because i I don't think they ever have a problem with that absolutely number 15 usc then wisconsin lsu georgia and stanford at number 11 Mm -hmm. uh girlies in the backfield at georgia they'll make a strong impact lsu we were talking before the show uh you know they find a way to win close games especially down in the swamp at night like that's that's the place where you got less miles eating the grass, and you know figuring yeah. stuff out. He was making a grass smoothie in that commercial. Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> and USC talking about that uh, that strange uh, case with one of their linebackers, you know, injured his ankle somehow, and he was at first reporting that he did it, you know, jumping off a roof to save a kid from drowning, and then turns out he lied about that. <laughs> but he I guess he wasn't doing anything. What you know. Illegal, but he's still lawyered up. It's a 
That's a mess. And now they had one of their uh, defensive ends was attempted to turn into a running back from their coach, uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian at USC. So the guy, the guy quits and then calls Steve Sarkeesian a racist on Instagram. Well, it's so it's nice to see that after they got rid of Lane Kiffin, yeah, that all those problems with the players saying that they hated the coach all went away. Early drama at Southern Cal, that's for sure. They, they, I'm sure that the athletic director is happy with his choice. Number 10, Baylor. Number 9, South Carolina. 8, Michigan State. 7, UCLA. And 6, Auburn. Uh, not totally surprised to see Auburn back up there with how well they did last year. You still mm-hmm. have Nick Marshall at quarterback, but you do lose Trey Mason. He was a huge part of that offense. Uh, UCLA seems to be the the darling this year the, from a lot of... At, at least from what I can figure is that, I mean... They do have a really talented quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy, he's he's good, and he's he's going to be good. Uh, he's going to have a good year, yeah. It, yeah, it's just, it's just whether or not, you know, whenever it comes down to making that big play, if, if he can make it or not. Uh, but I'm sure that he's on a ton of preseason Heisman lists. Um, and uh, they're just, uh, they look like they're really solid all mm-hmm. around. Like, it's hard to find weaknesses. And I think if you... Again, I think where their strength is is up front. Uh, I think that their de- defensive line is, you know, could play with anybody really. Yeah. And uh, if you if you can do that, as proven by, you know, many teams like Stanford and Alabama, if if you can play well up front, then and you know it helps to have a really uh, you know all purpose quarterback too, uh, then. I think that they'll compete with everybody. I, I just, I don't know. The one thing that seems like every time they play Oregon, they just get their butts kicked. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing. It's They cannot figure them out at all. But the way to beat Oregon is to beat them up front, as Stanford has shown year after year. Hmm. And it looks like South Carolina is going to fall from that number nine spot. Uh, Baylor, you have Bryce Petty, who's another, uh, who's another Heisman candidate. What? I think, you know, in preseason with Bryce Petty there. And uh, Michigan State, I don't think they're going away. I think that's, that's a good program. That's, it's going to be interesting to see how Connor Cook, the quarterback, is going to, if he's going to make you know, progress, how that offense is going to be. Uh, I, don't, I think that defense takes a little bit of a hit, but they're still strong up front and in the secondary. They're ready to go. What about, like, um, I was thinking – you know, more than anything else, I guess we'll talk about this in a second, right when we get to it. But um, you got to think like Michigan State's chances of at least winning their division have increased a lot. Mm, yeah. More so, what happened with another team than anything else? Absolutely. Uh, and that was going to be the big game. I mean, that one is going to be a night game in East Lansing uh-huh. at Michigan State. I, it was a huge, I mean, it was the one of the biggest games of the, this past year. Absolutely. I mean, it was the everything. Big Ten Championship, yeah. Um, and then, well, we've been watching South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, that, that happens. That's injuries and all that. Not really injuries, but it, things change. Mm-hmm. Um. But speaking of injuries, number five, Ohio State. Yeah. Number four, Oklahoma. Number three, Oregon. Number two, Alabama. And number one, Florida State. In the USA Today poll, South Carolina has a number one vote. 
So does Ohio State. So, I don't know. Questionable there. Uh, Braxton Miller, uh, obviously we're referring to the quarterback for Ohio State. You know, another preseason Heisman candidate. Mm -hmm. And down with an injury to the shoulder in practice. Yeah. Uh, that's, That's really... That's really unfortunate for them. I was even thinking, like, who's their backup? Like, Kenny Guyton last year. He played really well. Oh, He's in yeah, the Arena yeah. League. Yeah. So he's not there. Mm-hmm. Though they have a guy, and I'm trying to remember the name, that is the first quarterback that Urban Meyer recruited there, and they're pretty high on him. So I think Ohio State will be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they'll be on the same level. I, th- I think that hurts their chances against Michigan State, to be honest. Yeah. They'll still be a very good team, and I think they'll be competing for a Big Ten title, but uh, that that hurts. Yeah, that hurts. I mean, like, if if you look back at their their games that they played against, you know, the higher-level competition last year, they were able to, against everybody else that they played, the smaller teams, uh, the smaller schools, they were just able to run over everybody. I mean, they just ran the ball until until you were worn out. Um mm-hmm. But when it came to those closer games, they needed, I mean, they absolutely needed him to make plays with his legs. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, now you don't, you don't really have that anymore. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't really know of this other quarterback, so I have no idea what he can do, how he fits in the system. But again, I guess if he, if he was recruited by Urban, then he's got to have a little bit of an idea. He, he fits into the offense some way. So. Yeah. It's just that he wasn't really preparing to be the starter oh, throughout all the preseason. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you've got a Heisman candidate. Um, so. Well, it's a good thing that you have, you know, kind of powder puff games really in the year to yeah. kind of test that out on. Uh, da, 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 Oregon, Marcus Mariota, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think they're going to have a good year. Alabama's just stocked as ever. TJ Yeldon, mm-hmm. uh, just run the ball. It doesn't matter who the quarterback's going to be. Run the ball. Play good defense. You're going to be fine. And uh, Florida State's going to be deep again this year. Yeah. And it's James Winston. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I think I really do feel like this is the year that Marcus Mariota will kind of break through a little bit. Well, like, you and I aren't the only one on that one. <laughs> like I, it, it just seems like every other year he's, he either gets injured in some like really funky way or it's like a, a big game and like it's not close and he, he just doesn't really have a chance to do anything. Or I mean, usually at least stat wise, what hurts him more than anything else is that he always has so many great players around him that it actually like takes away from his stats. Yeah. As yeah, far as like point. Heisman voting goes, so <clears throat> I think this is clearly you know going to be his last year, and you know it's all going to run through him um, and. He's been in the offense long enough that I think that they can run at whatever speed they wanted. Absolutely. No, I mean, we got to make the point. You get you and I, we make our picks separately. So it's really funny you say that, looking at how. <laughs> oh, oh, and then the other thing is um, with Alabama, I hear they're going to play two quarterbacks against us. Huh. Like, they've already said that they're they're preparing both of them to play. Well, they want to try it out and see what so, their options are. Yeah. They don't have preseason in college, uh-huh. so might as well. Uh, really quickly, we go through <laughs> and make our division champions, our predictions, Heisman Trophy winners, and then this year, the college football playoffs. We start in the American Athletic Conference, 
the AAC as opposed to the ACC because the AAC used to be the Big East, but they're not the Big East at the AAC. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Yukon, Eastern Carolina, Houston, Memphis, South Florida, Southern Methodist, SMU, Temple, Tulane, Tulsa, Central Florida. I have the Knights mm-hmm. of Central Florida. Um, even though you don't have Blake Bortles there anymore, it's still a good team. Oh, they almost I mean, beat South Carolina last year, and he didn't no, play well. So, if Louisville was still in that conference, it might be a competition, and you know, it'd be really close. But I think UCF's the the top of the litter there. Yeah, I think I definitely feel like Cincinnati and Houston will be much better this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think that those they're kind of. I think they were kind of like in a rebuilding point, but I I I think that uh, there's going to be enough talent there where they'll be able to compete. But I still like UCF because of what's left over from that team last year, and and I actually think that they had a pretty decent recruiting class because they did so well. I mean, they finished the year about as well as you can, beating oh, yeah. beating a team that a lot of people are really scared of. So. Yeah, BCS showing was impressive. Yeah, I mean they really they Baylored Baylor. Absolutely. <laughs> the ACC, you have two divisions. You have the Atlantic and the Coastal. In the Atlantic gets Boston College, Louisville, NC State, Wake Forest, Clemson, Florida State, and Syracuse. Whereas in the Coastal, it's Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Miami, Florida, and Pittsburgh. So, which two division winners do you have, and who do you have coming out of the ACC? Um. Well, I have I have Florida State winning the Atlantic. Uh, I don't think that's a surprise. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet. Um, I mean, if it, if it was basketball, I <laughs> clearly would have picked somebody else. Yes. Um, and then for the Coastal, I'm going to go with North Carolina just because um, they seem to have one of the better recruiting classes out of those teams and their division. They're, they got to be ranked for some reason, um, mm. not just to put an ACC team there. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know. Like, I'm not – there's a few people that are pretty – like, they think Miami's going to be pretty good. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't really think they're going to be as good as a lot of people think. And then really – I can't really speak for the other teams. I mean, it would be great to see Duke do well. Yeah, they um, did pretty well last year. I think you're making improvement on that. Yeah, I, I just they clearly don't have the scholarship debt like depth that these letter schools have. Um, right. That, the, they do that in basketball, but they they clearly don't have that yet. And I think it's still going to be a few years before they do. Mm-hmm. I also have Florida State, and then in the coastal, I had such a toss up. I'll go Virginia Tech just because of Frank Beamer and Beamer Ball. I know the uh, the recruiting classes have been. You know, a little struggling the past couple of years, but it's not all about recruiting. It's about how you develop your players, and Virginia, Virginia Tech's generally done a good job of that. And I don't think you have enough of a deep team to really compete with them. UNC, I'm a little hesitant about. I mean, they've they've suffered some of their own, you know, self suspensions with, mm-hmm. you know, players and academics and and this kind of stuff. But I would take Florida State uh, coming out of the ACC. That's a very strong team, though they are going through a really tough schedule with some of these out-of-conference games. Uh, you always get the Florida matchup. You get Oklahoma State this year. And, you know, it's it's a tough, tough battle, but I'll, I'll take Florida State. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, clearly, I, I think as long as Jameis Winston stays healthy, mm-hmm. um, that that really the the championship is the, the limit for them. I, they... I, 
Because when he's clicking, I mean, they seriously can beat anybody. And it, it it was one of those things where at the beginning of the year, we were very impressed, like what he was doing to Pittsburgh. But then as the year went on, he was doing the same thing to Clemson and everybody else he played against. So it certainly was a difference maker. Yeah, it's, sure. it, it was cool to watch as the season went on. In the Pac-12 in the north, it's Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. In the south, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, UCLA, and USC. I'll do Oregon and UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, USC may be better this year, but I think some of this, this fraying of the team early, that does not help. And UCLA seems to be strong enough to at least get out of the south. Though I, I believe in Oregon this year, um, I, I think this is, I think this is their year, to be honest. In a year where they they've been consistently good and they've had you know the game or two that slips them up, I think you have that determination at quarterback now with Mariota in his last year that uh, putting it together. So I'll take Oregon coming out of the Pac-12. Um, yeah, I um I also have Oregon out of the North. Um, they're really good and they score a lot of points <laughs> so um and I, I actually feel like uh this is one of those years where they'll, they'll get over whatever that hump is for yeah. them usually there's one or two games where they they clearly don't play well and a lot of it has to do with what the other team is forcing them to do but i i think that they I think what they're doing more than anything is they're developing a lot of depth on defense that they really have never had in the past. And uh, their defense is always surprisingly good. Yeah, if, if if they can get score, you know, score on you like they do to most teams, and you're struggling and not moving the ball, that's exactly what they want. Then they kind of just steamroll you. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also going to go with UCLA. Again, it doesn't really look like they have any glaring weaknesses, which is always a good sign. And um, I don't know. They, I, I, there were a few things that I watched last year that I really liked about them, and I think that they're only going to be better than they were last year. Hmm. Yeah. U- USC, uh, again, new coach. And yeah. you don't really know how it's going to work exactly. And it just it was very toxic at the end of the year last year. Mm. And I, I think that that's going to take more than a season to fix. Absolutely. What about the Big Ten, what do you think? Um, I think in the East, especially considering the recent news, I'm going to go with Michigan State. Um, I, I feel like, uh, you know, they, they some great players on defense that they obviously don't have anymore, but there's still – they the reason also that they're so good is because that de- defensive line had amazing depth. And they they were just solid at every point on defense. There was a reason that a lot of people thought that they had the best defense because their secondary was good, the linebackers were good, up front they were good. I mean, there just there were points when they were playing Ohio State where Ohio State did not move the ball an inch on mm-hmm. them. Um, and uh, I, I think I, I'm thinking I'm gonna go with Wisconsin, actually in the Legends. Um, the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's the West. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, the leaders and the legends have now become the East and the West as well they should. Okay, well, <laughs> you'd be like the the legends of the West or something There you like go. Um, the, the leaders and best now. Uh, I don't know. I just... I feel like I've gone with them a lot in the past. And 
obviously they're a little bit different than what we're used to with the, uh, you know, their coach being in the SEC, their old coach being in the SEC now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that it's it's kind of one of those programs that can recruit well based on namesake in football at least. I guess in basketball too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, again, I just I have not kept track of the West Division in the off season to know what the other teams are doing as much, but um, Nebraska could sneak up on them. I think even before Ohio state had that injury, a lot of people were talking about Wisconsin and Nebraska. Yeah. So now we've got the same picks here, uh, Michigan state and Wisconsin Northwestern. They'll be, they'll be okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you remember like the six and start last year and then they, just, they fell apart. Uh, that was, was tragic. Well, and then, Hey, hopefully, Nebra- the Big Ten has better out-of-conference record this year because I was watching the Big Ten Network earlier today, and they were there's a guy predicting that they'd go like twenty-eight and zero in like the first two weeks or something. Good luck. <laughs> so last year was embarrassing, but not undefeated. It come, Wisconsin and LSU for one first week. That's really tough. Yeah, Ohio State Navy. Might be trickier than you think. So if, if Wisconsin uh, goes down there and beats LSU, I think that I no I I, I know if they go undefeated, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. If a team is undefeated in this, yeah, they they would be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they could even probably lose a game and still make the playoffs. I think Ohio State, as I said before, is going to be very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the Braxton Miller injury, I would have picked them to win that division, but Michigan State's still going to be very good. Uh, Shalit Calhoun in the middle of that defensive line he's going to be going to be a stud uh so yeah michigan state and wisconsin and i have uh, michigan state being the big 10 champion out of that yeah i'm gonna go i, I like miss michigan state too I, there's i've seen a lot of people picking them to make it to the national championship games so hmm, yeah exactly i think we're a little more well, some of us are a little more pessimistic here in the <laughs> local area now i gotta speak to my alma mater uh michigan uh, I think this team goes nine and three, yeah, which is better than what last year was. Uh, it's still a very weak offensive line, and they're gonna have trouble running the ball, and that's gonna be an issue. But I think they beat Notre Dame. I don't think they beat Ohio State. I don't think they beat Michigan State. Yeah, uh, and then I think they may trip up, you know, here and there, like one game here in the Big Ten, and it would suck if it'd be the under the lights game that Michigan has against Penn State. But it could also happen. They lost to Penn State last year, and you know Christian Hackenberg is getting better, uh, their quarterback there. So nine and three, and uh, I got, I could speak for minutes and minutes about Michigan and how the athletic director is trying to be a collegiate Jerry Jones, and there is there is danger this year about the hundred thousand streak for attendance, which is dated back to the seventies. There's danger of that being broken this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate, and it's a uh, it's a tough time in the the Michigan program right now. But you know, a lot of their games on their schedule they should win, especially when you're getting you know, Maryland and Rutgers coming to the Big Ten uh, for the East. Though the East is certainly stacked in the talent with Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, that those are outside of Wisconsin, you know, the four heaviest hitters yeah. in football. It's a little skewed right now. Big 12, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, and your alma mater, West Virginia University. 
I'll take Oklahoma, though. Uh, I think it's a good team this year. They were really close last year. They, that Big 12 was very surprising last year. I'm not going to go with a surprise with Baylor and then almost end up being right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do. I'll, I'll pick Oklahoma this one. Yeah, I mean, it, it still still kind of feels like after the offseason that it's going to be between those two teams that it kind of ended up between last year. Um, you know, head-to-head, but, you know, Baylor beat them in the game. Um, right. It's still like, it still kind of felt uncomfortable for most of the game. Like, like it was one of those things where like, oh, like, yeah, I think Baylor's going to win, but in the back of your mind, you're like, uh... <laughs> I think like I feel like Oklahoma gets somehow that didn't happen until later in the year when you know their young quarterback like you know stepped up and completely turned that team around like, mm-hmm. starting with the crazy comeback win against Oklahoma State I mean that that was like freakish mm-hmm. uh, that game looked like it was over multiple times oh yeah um, and then to you know to finish off the year going and doing what nobody thought anybody like, I mean nobody thought like half the teams in the country could do in beating Alabama and beating them soundly um well Alabama had kind of lost their spirit by then but it was still an impressive win well yeah I think that um now I I didn't go I'm, I wasn't like everybody else and I didn't go and say oh my gosh their quarterback is godly like he's he's automatically good now just because <laughs> he had an amazing performance against an SEC school. Um, I think that there's still a lot that's... I think you'll still see a lot of growing pains with him. And it's it's one of those things where if they get in a shootout with Baylor, they could still very well lose to Baylor. Like I, Absolutely. I, I, that's that's one of those things where you're just not really sure. So it's it was actually kind of tough for me to pick this. I do think Oklahoma is going to win. And I do actually think after... After watching that game and I went back and watched it again, I do think that they are a better team than Alabama. Interesting. Um, and it, it, it's it's actually interesting because I went back and looked at the, the defensive players that Alabama lost and the defensive players Oklahoma lost, and Alabama lost a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, they may be deeper stacked. That, that, yeah, cl- clear. You, I mean, that's really where they have the advantage over everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I think Oklahoma has what it takes to, you know, even if they, it is some kind of shootout game, I, I think that they'll, even if they don't go undefeated, they'll win enough games to win the Big 12. Now, real quick, give me a record for WVU. Um, I think the, the best that we could do with this schedule, which is clearly the hardest schedule we've ever had, ever, uh, playing Alabama and Oklahoma and Baylor who were by the end of the year could all be top 10 teams. Mm. Um, I, I think probably the best record we could have is nine and three. <laughs> but again, I think that's the best record. I'm real. I'm thinking more like seven or eight wins is mm. probably where I, I'm going to go. But a bowl game. Um, yeah, I think that we'll make a bowl game this year. Um, and I think it's more because, uh, our quarterback has had a whole off season to work with Dana Holgerson and, and he kind of takes any quarterback and crafts them into something. That helps though. He's been certainly making yeah, names for himself I, 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 in I social think media. The other thing that's, yeah, that, that was stupid. Um, Nick Saban's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the weirdest story. Um, the uh, he our uh, our quarterback said that he was he kissed Nick Saban's daughter when they were both six years old. That was his first kiss. So it's a very okay, buddy. weird story. Um, the uh, it, I don't I I think what I'm more interested to see than anything I I have a feeling we're gonna get beat and everything. I'm being realistic about it. Um, interested to see what Dana Holgerson throws at Alabama with a whole off season to think about it because we didn't go to a bowl game. So he was able to start cooking up things, you know, immediately. And um, I think that's what I'm interested to see because there are a few teams who went up-tempo against Alabama last year and it didn't really work Mm -hmm. because those teams were going three and out and giving the ball right back to them. Right. So it's all about moving the change and and keeping the ball out of their hands. But uh, if, if... if we can get pressure on these young quarterbacks and somehow, I have no idea how, but keep them from running the ball, it could be interesting, at least for a half. <laughs> All right, SEC in the West, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. In the East, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. I'll take Alabama, which I don't like taking Alabama, but a lot of good teams in the West, Auburn, LSU, A&M. But Alabama's got the biggest depth, most experience. In the East, it's kind of looking a little weaker this year. Uh, usually I like to go with Georgia, but I got a feeling about Florida this year. Mm-hmm. I think Florida has had some a couple down years, but I think they're due to turn around. So, But I have Alabama uh, beating Florida in that SEC championship game. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Alabama in the West. Um, there are just like a few things that are keeping me from picking Auburn. Um, Mm. and it's, it's more like, I thought Alabama was the better team last year when they played. They, they clearly showed it for most of the game, but then they just, that fluke. I mean, it's really almost unexplainable how that game ended. And, Auburn deserved to win that game. I mean, they mm. fought till the end. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you're not supposed to stop. It's going to be um, a legendary moment. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I mean, they lost, they lost the guy who was, you know, besides the quarterback, who was like the second quarterback in that offense. Right. So, uh, it's, I mean, there's going to be a depletion and, and, production basically um and then lsu there's just i i again i i don't really know many of the names there and i feel like that's not a good thing like i feel like i should know at least a few more i i don't think that they can win all their games really you know in that lsu way i think that they need like a little more flash and flair um and then old miss like we don't really know i think they're playing right now actually they're again one of those schools that, uh, at least in the past couple of years, they've gotten really close, but then they've hit that hard part of their schedule and lost like five straight games. Yeah, in a row. yeah that's another one. So, like, like Northwestern. Yeah, so I, it it's just whether or not I don't think they have the depth yet to compete with some of those teams, but who knows? 
I mean, you only need to win like a few, and then you're already ranked. So, who do you like in the on the East? Um, in the East, um, I actually was gonna pick South Carolina to begin with, but <laughs> hmm. it, it, you know, is until I started watching them tonight, and again, I, I haven't checked the score that I to see if they started coming back. Um, but um, I think uh, I think I'm gonna go with Georgia. Just because I'm still unsure sure about Florida, uh, it would be a nice surprise um, if they actually, you know, could move the ball on offense and that kind of right. thing. Um, I don't know. It, it, I mean, there's a lot of. I always like to see Vanderbilt do well. Um, I don't think Missouri is going to have the same success as last year. I, I think that they were, they had one of the better, you know, they had one of the better linebackers in the conference. And um, he kind of just ran that defense really well. And they surprised a lot. Of t- I think they snuck up on a lot of teams. And I don't think it's going to happen this year. Right. <clears throat> and As uh, an update, Texas A&M 52, South Carolina 28. Just started the fourth quarter. Well, then I think that they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, I don't know. It, I, I, I think is, ten- is Tennessee playing tonight, too. Maybe. Mm, not sure. Okay. Mississippi State, or <clears throat> Ole Miss did just start against Boise. All right. Um, near the end of the first half, 7 but, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to see Tennessee start doing well again. They just, yeah. they really have not been able to compete or keep coaches there for a while. So. Yep. Who's your Heisman Trophy winner? I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota. Likewise. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's due. Oh, no, yeah, um. I think that he's been kind of on the cusp every year and there's been like that one or two game struggle that has just absolutely knocked him out of the race each time. And I think Mm -hmm. the team is his to run this year. I don't think that there's a lot more focus on a running back or a specific wide receiver. I think it's, it's going to be more, you know, him making smart decisions and him doing stuff with his legs to win Mm -hmm. games. So this is the first year that, this is the college football playoffs. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And every year they're going to be rotating the two semifinal games because it's, you know, team of four, you know, four teams, you know, two semifinals, one final. They're going to be rotating those semifinals between, you know, the big bowl games. And this year it starts with the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl. Now, I haven't figured out, like, which one is hosting a one and four matchup, which one's hosting a two and three matchup. So let's say the Rose Bowl is hosting the one and four, Sugar Bowl is hosting the two and three. And then. You go through your semifinals, who wins, and then who wins the national championship game. I In the Rose Bowl for my 1-4, I have Oregon against Michigan State as a 1-4. I have Oregon moving on there. And then a 2-3 and three in the Sugar Bowl, Alabama and Oklahoma. Alabama moving on there. And then the Duck Dream falls a little short. I'm going with the, the Crimson Tide. This year as national champion, though that's likely going to be wrong. I may have predicted Super Bowl matchups the past couple of years, but been way off in college football. So let's see. I have Florida State playing Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. Hmm. I have yes. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to put Florida State there, but I think that when you stack it up against some of the other teams, like some of their tough out of conference losses, doesn't put them there. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I. I was just basically putting. I, what I'm saying is that I think that they're going to win all their games. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I'm putting a lot of faith in one guy, <laughs> pretty mm. much. Um, but like, I still don't think he's going to win the Heisman, even at that point. So right. that means that Oregon is also going to be undefeated. Mm. Um, and uh, they'll be playing Alabama. And then, hopefully, I get the matchup that I wanted last year. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, yep. I, I want Florida State to play Oregon in the national championship. I think it would be amazing. Not only because there is, again, not an SEC team involved. Um, That's true. But yeah. I think it could be fireworks. Like, I, mm. I, And not necessarily like the highest scoring game ever or anything like that, but just the way that these teams move the ball, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I have Oregon beating Florida State. Okay. Very exciting. So we were in lockstep on our Heisman Trophy winner. I have Alabama winning the national championship. Joel here has Oregon. Very interesting. Now, real quick, we go through our pick six here, predicting some of the, you know, the biggest college football games of the upcoming Saturday. We pick them against the spread. If you'd like to participate, you can go over to our Down the Sidelines page on the Showmere News Network at showmerenews.com slash DTS. And there on our main page you can find out how to play, you know, learn which team you represent according to our rules, and then you can uh, participate on our forums and pick games along with us against the spread. Mm-hmm. So let's burn through these here quickly. We've got a pretty long show already as it is. We start with Ohio State at Navy plus 16 and a half. So 16.5 points, the Buckeyes are favored at 12 p.m. Eastern time. I'll take the Buckeyes. It's going to be a tough game, though. Navy running the ball very well. The the defense is going to be tested. But I think Ohio State is going to be quite a good team this year. I think they can overcome 16.5 I've seen, like, multiple people saying Navy is going to go undefeated this year, which means that they'd have, have to win this game. I don't know how they got that. Like, I, I don't know if it's, like, one of those, like, bold prediction kind of things where the sports writer has to, like, make something up that's probably not going to happen. Um, That'd be something. But, that, I mean, that's giving them a lot of, cr- I mean, credit to, to do We're something. giving them a lot of crap. <laughs> to, do, to do something like that. Um, uh, I think it would be close for a while, but I just think Ohio State's overall depth will wear them down, and I think that eventually they're going to have to throw the ball, you know. They're they're just gonna not let them. I think they'll get a few yeah. of those like, oh gosh, like I missed my assignment. That guy just ran seventy yards for a touchdown. That's possible. But I don't think that they can consistently do that. Um, so I'm gonna take Ohio State. UCLA at Virginia plus twenty one at noon Eastern as well. Joel, who do you have? I have UCLA. Um, mm. There's again. Uh, so much hype going in this, but you know, I might as well be on the bandwagon at the beginning of the year. If they go in there and they don't play well, then you know, I, I'm sure a bunch of people will jump ship right away. If they go, yeah. if they only go into Virginia and beat them by like three points, so many people will say their season's over. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think this is a year where, like, you know, Virginia and basketball where they're very good. I don't think this is a year for them in football to do that. Uh, if you have a Heisman caliber quarterback, he's got to come out throwing. He's, you got to put at least twenty-one up. Yeah, on you've got to start your resume. 
of the year. Absolutely. And this is a this is a perfect game to do it. Out of conference matchup across the United States in a different TV market. Though on the road, a little dicey. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that, that hits them. West Virginia Mountaineers taking on Alabama. It's a neutral site game at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. 3.30 p.m., minus 26. Almost four touchdowns. The Crimson Tide are favored by... I'm going to take Bama. I know what it's like to have my team play Alabama on a neutral site. It was a thumping against Michigan. Now, I'm not saying I don't have faith in your team. I just think Alabama's that good. I think it's it's not going to be pretty. I'm sorry for your Mountaineers. I'm taking Alabama with the 26. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they're not that good. <laughs> That's kind of my take on it. And um, So it's not that your team can hang with them. It's just that Alabama's not as good and just you know shaking off. Well, the I saying that Alabama's not godly, like right. that kind of thing. Like they're human. Um, Are they? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 that's why I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. I'm actually gonna take us against the spread. I've watched some of Alabama's games before, where they. Again, I, I've watched a few, like like the, the ones that you mentioned, where they get out of hand. I think as long as we don't turn the ball over a bunch, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to be a tremendous spread. And I think that's because our defense is going to be much better than it was last year. And our oh, depth-wise... can't be much worse. Yeah, so. depth-wise, this is the first time that we've had like full depth at scholarship and, and scholarships in like mm, okay. two or three years actually because we That's had right. like recruiting violation or it was like yeah. practice violation stuff yep. yep um so i think just overall we're gonna have so much more depth and our quarterback has had a whole season <laughs> to actually work instead of just being thrown in there oh and by the way he got his surgery and he doesn't have a separated sh- shoulder anymore <laughs> Oh, good. Which he had to play with half the season and was still able to win a few games like that. Hmm. So I'm going to say that he's probably a little bit better than he looked last season. And and, and we did beat a pretty good Oklahoma State team. I'll say that was the game. Um, So, you know. And we hung with an Oklahoma team that beat this Alabama team at the end of the year. When So if the transitive property has anything to say about it. I mean, that transitive property, that's what this is all about. That's what picking the spread is all about. <laughs> yeah. And and so um, I'm just, I'm just going to say have a little bit of confidence in them um, because, okay. right. it, you know, I might not have it later on in the season, but I got to <laughs> have it at least at the beginning of the season because I don't really care if it hurts my, you know, my record early on. I, I hope and it should be a fun game to watch, and I hope it goes well for the Mountaineers. I mean, everybody's just excited for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the real winner. Clemson at Georgia, minus 7.5 at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Who are you taking in this one? Um, I, I, man, I hope that it's like a seven-point game at the end of the game like last year, because that was probably one of the best games I watched last year. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to go with Georgia based on it being at Georgia because it, it's okay, it's not yeah. a neutral site game, right? That's correct, yeah. So I, I think that I'm going to go with Georgia. Um, 
I just think that Clemson has so much to replace on offense that there's going to be struggles early on in the year. I think eventually throughout the year they will get much better on offense, but the beginning of the year, that's where they're struggling. I mean, right away. And I think that Alabama, I think Georgia actually has more playmakers returning on their team. And I mean, you know, if all else fails, hand it off. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I got a feeling those, this one's going to be close. I think Georgia gets the win. Uh, not by seven and a half, though. So by picking against the spread, I'm taking Clemson in that one. And I got a feeling this is going to be a closer game than seven and a half. Because a lot of these are, oh boy, they're widespreads. It, it, like, I think it's all about what does Clemson's defense look like this year? Yeah. Because if, yeah. if he can just run over them, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. We'll see. We'll see. Florida State at Oklahoma State, plus 18, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is probably uh, Brent Musburger and Kirk Street. Uh, I'm going to take the Seminoles. Uh, I think Oklahoma State, just not enough skill to match up. And, yeah, if you're Florida State and you want to show the defending national championship, all eyes on Jameis Winston, get over that crab legs, put more than 18 on the Cowboys. But wouldn't that be interesting, though, <laughs> if this is how, like, if, if Florida State went out and lost this game at the beginning of the year, I mean... It would be something. I, I, I don't know. At least for drama's sake, that would be awesome. And and that's mm. kind of what I want to see, actually. Even, you know, where I pick them. I, I still think that even if they lost the day, that game, they could get back to that point, too. Um, but, um, yeah, I just think that... I think he'll come out and... He'll look exactly like he did at the beginning of the season last year. Mm, yeah. Wisconsin at LSU in the Bayou Swamp, minus 5, 9 p.m. Eastern. Actually, it's not in the Bayou Swamp. It's at Reliant Stadium in Houston. Still in the south. Might get a bigger LSU crowd. Yeah. What do you have? Um, I mean, it's a night game against LSU, even at a neutral site. That's right. tough. Uh, their fans travel really well. Uh, unlike Georgia fans who barely leave the state of Georgia, apparently, for their... They, they just... I don't know if it's because they don't schedule out a conference in the north or in the west mm-hmm. or what exactly, but... Um, so I, I think they're going to have the crowd more on their side. Um, and I think that it's one of those things where if Wisconsin isn't ready, they're going to lose. It's all about mm-hmm. if they make too many mistakes, they're, it's already determined they're going to lose. We know it. LSU is going to win on some stupid thing at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's a close spread, too. So it could go either way, but I'm going to go with LSU just because it's a, it's a night game against LSU. Yeah, you almost got to pick them at this point. Yeah, you nailed it right on the head for my reasoning. I, I have LSU. Give me the five points. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, SEC. At night, it's like they have they the have it's... they have so much experience in that that you, there's got to be at least a ton of players in the team that have like it's an environment that isn't tested much in the Big Ten. You're absolutely right. So those are six games, and we have the extra point. So usually you'd pick the game that is associated with the team that you represent. Uh, and again, for the rules for that, showmenews.com/dts, and we have the rules on how to play there if you want to play along. At home on our forums at showmeyournews.com slash forum. Now, Joel, because your team that you represent, your alma mater and the, the proximity and all from your home, 
West Virginia, they're already in our six games here. Mm-hmm. So you get to pick the extra point instead of additionally that game. The extra point for those that need it is Fresno State at USC, minus 22 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I think with the, the, what USC's going through, mm-hmm. uh, kind of fraction of the team, I think 22 is a lot to cover. And Fresno State had a good year last year. Grant, that's uh, you know, Derek Carr doing a lot of the work. But I think enough of those places you know, pieces should be in place that USC probably wins. Not by 22, though. I'd take Fresno State if I were picking that game. Yeah, Fresno State... Um... I think that a lot of people are picking them to at least finish first in their part of their conference, their division in their conference. Um, they still have a lot. Yeah, they still have a lot of players returning. Um, mm. um, and, and I think it's again one of those things where you're not really you're not really sure how a new coach is going to fit into a situation that again looked kind of awful last year at the end of the year. Um, if he comes in and they are looking really good, then that's going to say a lot about you know their practices and all the other stuff, which you know a lot of the times the media doesn't see. Um, so, I, but I, I still think that there's going to be some compatibility issues at least for the first year. So that's that's why I'm going to go in the first game. I think Fresno State's a lot better than Hawaii, right? Um, so I'm going to go with Fresno State. All right. Now, are you taking them for the win or just to... I wish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since something like that almost happened back when Reggie right. Bush was in school. Mm. Um, oh, that's a good point. But, that game, yeah. Um, no, I, I think that they will cover the spread, though. All right. My extra point, <laughs> because my team that I represent, Michigan, hosting Appalachian State. Oh, my State, gosh. Minus 34.5 on that spread in favor of the Wolverines. How the hell do you schedule this game again? Oh my Why, gosh. David Brandon? Why? Why? Why, why, why? Um, I don't think Michigan covers 34.5. I think they have a lot of kinks to work out on that team, especially on the offensive line and running the ball. Appalachian State better not win, or else I... That game was the worst game I've ever attended. It was one of the worst Look, sporting memories I have. YouTube recommendation. Go just type in Appalachian State, Michigan. And into YouTube, and and you will see one of like the craziest block kicks. And uh, um, yeah, if, if you if you haven't seen it before, <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I lived it, so yeah, no. Um, but it was just it was interesting because if you go back to before a lot of coaching changes happened, um, and then you look at Michigan's record at the end of the year compared to the loss of that game. That game essentially was the like, the pushing point of being able to kind of force a coach out, um, mm-hmm. even though they had a really good year. Besides that game, they did. I mean, what only lost two games or something like that. Yep. So yeah, it was they a really good that and that like I think that's one of those like great examples of how one loss can like impact an entire team or organization. Absolutely, that was a team. That was coming off, you know, the big season in 2006 with the game of number one, Ohio State, number two, Michigan, and then you had the whole Florida in the BCS that ended up sneaking their way in and then beating Ohio State. Michigan was number five coming to that game in 2007. Uh, it's, it's one of the bigger upsets in college football, and the reason it hurts so much is being at that game, uh, Appalachian State would, was putting it to Michigan at first, but then Michigan starts to come back. Like they're they have a chance. 
if they just knock this field goal through, like this crazy comeback and against Appalachian State would be successful, then no, just block. And, oh my it's also uh, interesting because, uh, you know, eventually after that, Rich Rodriguez went there. And yeah, the next season, yeah, the, that was the Lloyd's the, Cup last uh, year. The, the other Mountaineers coach um, went to one of Rodriguez's coaching camps, and mm. that's where he kind of picked up that offense mm. and, and learned how to run it and everything. And I, I will say after that year, the, the, the other college football playoffs, the viewership probably went up a lot because a lot of people learned about Appalachian State and realized just – I mean, they were good. They were actually they really were a, good. They were a two-time defending They had some athletes FCS who champion. could play yeah. at a higher division level for sure. Uh, Amante Edwards mm-hmm. ended up doing a little bit, I think, at, for the Carolina Panthers as like a wide receiver, yeah. but he was their quarterback. Yeah, so. and I, I, again, I, I don't think you're going to have any issue – Fact is, I don't know why the hell you scheduled this game. It's a terrible idea. Uh, Appalachian State wins. probably made a lot of money off of this. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Michigan wins handily, but I don't think they cover 34.5, so give me Appalachian State against the spread. That's a lot to cover in our, our first weekly football episode, but that's what happens when you add the predictions in there for the whole season. So we are part of the Show Me News Network at showmenews.com. Uh, follow us and please contribute on Patreon mm-hmm. at patreon.com slash SMYN network where if you contribute a certain amount a month, you get a personalized game breakdown. Uh, excuse me, game breakdown each week from Joel and I. So Of any sports, any team. Any sport you want. We can't. You know, even if it's very ob- obscure to us. Yeah, we can't promise like a 15-minute, you know, soapbox mm-hmm. on the breakdown, but... We'll give you a couple minutes of a, a personalized message there. Yeah, and then um, look forward to next week where you will have the NFL preseason oh, yes. predictions coming up. Pressure on us to be accurate <laughs> with our Super Bowl predictions, I tell you. Oh, man. <laughs> Never. Gonna... No pressure. No pressure. Uh, well, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the weekend sports. Have a good one. Enjoy some college football. <laughs>